Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The Beyond Sleep Training Podcast. A podcast dedicated to sharing real tales of how people have managed sleep in their family outside of sleep training culture because sleep looks different with a baby in the house. And because every family is different, there is no one-size-fits-all approach to take. I'd like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which this podcast is being recorded, the Kalkadoon people. I pay my respects to the elders of this nation and the many other nations our guests reside in from the past, present and emerging. We honour Australian Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people and the unique cultural and spiritual relationships to the land, water and seas, as well as their rich contributions to society, including the birthing and nurturing of children. Welcome back to the Beyond Sleep Training podcast. Today's guest is an amazing online presence. Her name is Emily Holdaway, but many of you probably know her by a few other uh, names. Uh, she was originally from the page Raising Ziggy, which is where I first got to know M. And since then, she's moved on to the name officially M or Emilitsa, um, is another name that some people might have seen around the traps. M has been a really breath of fresh air online for her honesty and ability to tell the raw truths of parenting with babies and young kids in the house while also being able to share in the beauty and the strength and courage it takes to also follow your heart during that time. So I feel really lucky that we've got Em on today. So welcome Em. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much, Carly. It's, it's really cool to be here. Um, yes, the name thing, I'll just quickly touch on that. When the internet first turned up, I was 15, and my mum said, like, you can't use your real name on the internet because it's full of dodgy strangers. Um, and they used to call me Emily's Little Pizza because my name's Emily, but uh, Emily's Little Pizza with pepperoni. Um, and so I, that's 
I used it on the internet and that's what I've used for the last 21 years. (laughs) (laughs) Starting to date yourself. I'm with you. So yeah, it's fine. (laughs) That's awesome. So Emilitsa was where you first came onto the internet. Yeah, and then I, and then raising Ziggy. The the whole reason the page was called Raising Ziggy was, um, I, I didn't set out to write a, to like be a parenting blog or anything like that. I was just sharing, I was sharing day to day on my normal Facebook page, and my friends were saying, write a blog, write a blog. I need to hear this. Um, and so when my partner and I were talking about writing a blog, I wanted the name to encapsulate what it was. Like I didn't want to be how to mum because you just you just don't um and so we we settled on or I settled on raising Ziggy because that's what we were doing we were raising Ziggy and the story that I told through that page always came back to raising Ziggy it wasn't about telling other people how to do it it was sharing what we were doing as we were doing it I love that. That's exactly what I think was the beauty of the page too, because you could share your raw truths with them being your truths. They didn't have to resonate with everybody in your audience. Um, you know, that I think that's where you were able to keep your honesty. And I, I really appreciated it because I saw a lot of myself in a lot of the stories that you were writing as well. So that was really refreshing. So I guess for our episode today, I want to hear before you had Ziggy, how were you thinking you were going to be handling sleep in your family bro it wasn't even a conversation like before we had ziggy we sleep like who talks about sleep we talked about what school we wanted him to or her to go to because we we didn't know um we actually the the decision to have a child was one that we talked about probably more than what we do when that child arrived um my partner and I when we first met when I first met AJ I was coming out of quite a toxic traumatic relationship and I was very anti the whole idea of the nuclear family um I was anti the idea of a relationship I said to him when we first started going out like this is going to be a bit of bump and grind mate but it's not going to (laughs) go any further than that (laughs) and then when it went further than that I straight from the get-go said to him we're not doing the kids thing kids have never been in my future that I saw for myself um and and I put that out there on the table quite early on in our relationship that if kids were something he saw in his future then he was with the wrong person for that future um and I held on to that for eight years so we we were together for eight years and we were a childless couple we had a great time as a childless couple. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, you evolve and, and life changes a little. And I went into therapy. I went back into therapy to really get to the bottom of why I was so against having children and um, did, a, did a lot of work there. Now, AJ says... Uh, Age says that we decided to have kids because I'm a white female and he's a Māori male and his life expectancy is shorter than mine. And so we had kids so I wouldn't be alone, which sounds really callous and wasn't wasn't the fact at all. Um, I wanted to have kids because 
<laughs> I needed to leave a legacy behind for the environment. Because, like, I remember the conversation. We were at the lights on Baker Street in Normandy in Hamilton, and we were talking about the state of the planet. This is just going to give your listeners an idea of even before kids. And I was like, fuck, the planet's fucked. No one, no one's consciously consuming. No one's consciously having babies. We don't need more people on the planet. We just, we can't have kids. And then I said, oh, but if the people who care about this stuff stop having kids, then the planeteers die out, right? So it was not the most romantic um, journey to parenthood. And, and we talked about stuff like wanting our child to go to this amazing primary school where they could climb a tree. We didn't think about the newborn days. It wasn't it it wasn't there for us. We didn't know it was something to even consider. Um we we spent a lot of time looking at births. We went to antenatal classes, we did birth prep, and then we went home <laughs> with this baby and um and he didn't sleep. He just, he didn't sleep. Oh my God, I'm going to cry. And like, what I had seen of babies was reserved to home and away in Shortland Street, where they use a real child for the briefest amount of time possible because behind the scenes to get a real life baby on TV is a big hassle in the time that that box starts from when they leave the house to when they get back to the house. So they have this really short window of opportunity on TV. So they're always putting the baby in the cot where it goes to sleep or the baby's in a pram and it's asleep, but it's because it's not a baby, right? It's a doll, (laughs) like a doll. (laughs) And that was my... That, that that was my benchmark for what babies did. You know, you, I'd watch Full House and they'd put the twins upstairs and they'd come back downstairs and continue on with their day and those twins just were really happy up there. Um, and, like, like, I bought a cot before Ziggy was even born. I used to walk past the second-hand shop on the way to work every day. Um, in our little row of shops on Beta Street, and it was it, it was like a baby secondhand shop, and she always had stuff in the window, and she had this cot in the window. It was like eighty five dollars, and I was like three and a half months pregnant at that, and I bought it because we needed it, right? Like obviously, everyone knows you need a cot, and and then he just didn't sleep. He did not do what I thought babies were gonna do. And he so got the cried. full baptism of fire. Oh, Ziggy was. But I remember we had a song that we used to sing. We used to just like walk, pace the lounge, and our lounge was tiny. And we'd, we'd hold him and we'd pat his bum and we'd just sing the song that said that mummy loves you and daddy loves you and nana loves you. And I, it only had four lines that were on repeat was probably all our brains could manage just to try and soothe him because he was so unsettled in in the evening. You know, we had that purple crying or witching hour or whatever you want to call it. Um, a few weeks in, we went to a friend's house to help them do something. And AJ, we, they handed around this big cookie jar and AJ sat there on their couch and started bum-patting the cookie jar. 
because it was just such a movement that we had become so accustomed to. He's on autopilot. It's kind of like rocking the trolley when you're doing the shopping. (laughs) (laughs) Or you get your sway on too. I used to get the sway on when you'd stand still and you make everyone seasick, even though you're not holding the baby, but you'd still get your jig on. (laughs) So So this is newborn, Ziggy. Did, did this, this newborn down or was it very much like, was this um, just brand new Ziggy or was something going on? How was breastfeeding for you? Was that working or was it, how? what was going Re- on? Oh, th- this was before I was even blogging. I didn't start writing about Ziggy till he was about four or five months old. Um, breast, breastfeeding, so we had really, really quickly, I had an amazing pregnancy. Like um, I never got, uh, morning sickness I was walking to work every day I was walking around the lake up until like two days before I gave birth pregnancy mint birth mint had a beautiful um birth center wore the birth pushed them out into my arms hands bought them up it's like wow you're so ugly but I love you <laughs> all of that was so perfect and then we went home um breastfeeding in the birth center breastfeeding was okay and everyone was like wow your milk's here really fast and like my boobs which have never been very impressive were all of a sudden amazing holy (laughs) shit pregnancy booby boobs um but but I took him home and I feeding him was so painful and in the beginning my um my midwife and my my mum and people I spoke to just said, you know, it's a bit sore, just push through, it'll be okay, it's a bit sore. But it was like like toe curling, clenching, crying through feeds, and I got mastitis. Um and I was in bed two, three o'clock in the morning, you know that really lonely time where your partner's asleep and you're awake with your baby that won't sleep and your boob hurts and you feel so lonely. And um, I posted about how I felt and my sore boob on my personal Facebook page. And one of um, AJ's cousins actually said, Em, have you checked Zig for a tongue tie? I was like, I don't even know what a tongue tie is. What is that? Yeah. (laughs) What is that? So I started, I Googled, symptoms of a tongue tie and except for the bleeding cracked nipples because I my, my nips were, were mint it was just everything else the the spluttering the fussy feeding the pain everything I could tick off as a symptom of a tongue tie um so we made an appointment and we got him snip I have before and after pictures of Ziggy's latch and he went from this like sucking a straw to this full open mouth gulp, um, and and that that fixed it. I mean, Zig fed until fuck, I don't know, it was three and a half or something like that. Um, well done, you. Yeah, yeah, but it it didn't it didn't fix. I'm air quoting here. It, it didn't fix um the sleep. Was he was he um even though he was still waking, was he more settled? Like, did it calm any of that distress that you were seeing in the early days that may have been, you know, the struggle of trying to be able to latch and get enough milk? Or do you think 
even then he was still actually, it was just the way he was at the time. I don't, I remember, like, I remember the before and after of the snit being how he fed, and I remember the pain going from being agonizing to disappearing. It was pain-free. But what I, the the change to our sleep happened when he was four months old. So we had Zig in the bedroom with us in a bassinet, and when he woke up, I'd get him out of the bassinet, I'd feed him, I'd bum hit him, I'd do everything possible until he went back to sleep again and then I'd gingerly place him back into the bassinet with some more bum packs. And from Ziggy waking up to feeding to going back to sleep probably took like an hour and then we did that every two hours. And during the day he catnapped, um, he was a, a 30-minute catnap or a 40-minute catnapper if I was holding him, if he was like on my chest on the couch and he'd slept for ages, but I couldn't do anything. You know, I couldn't I couldn't eat, I couldn't have a nice shower. And so by about four months old with this this baby that was waking up all the time and age and I were just rolling with it. Like we would just he's he's really upset. Let's just hug him, let's just uffy him. Our our whole headspace to it was we just need to hug this baby. Um, but I was so tired that I had got to the stage of slurring my words and I didn't feel safe to drive. I didn't, I didn't like my cognitive functions were not what they should have been. Um, and so I went and stayed with my nana just just to sort of, I don't know, have her in my life for a little while. Have a have break. Some rest and, yeah. Um, and I went to stay with my nana in Farmaday. And when I got to Nana's house, I realized that she didn't have a bassinet and she didn't have a cot. She just had the double bed in the spare room, right? And that Zig would have to be in the bed with me. And I was terrified because all I'd ever heard of having my baby in the bed with me was that I'd kill him, basically. And you just did not do that. But I did it. I, I have the picture of the smiling Ziggy in the bed and I, I slept in the same bed with him at four months old and when he woke up to feed, he just had a feed and then he rolled over and he went back to sleep and I went back to sleep and he still woke up <laughs> all night but he only woke up to feed and then it, the, the whole process was like, 15 minutes instead of an hour and I woke up in the morning and I felt refreshed (laughs) I felt like I had actually managed to sleep um you you actually got some cycles in I've got some cycles and I didn't know anything about cycles back then I just I just he didn't leave our bed for the next two years. <laughs> <laughs> and why would he when it was working so well? Like it got you some sleep because that's the name of the game, isn't it? Everybody needs that sleep and rest and that level of fatigue you got to before discovering that you could share sleep. That is dangerous and brutal for you, isn't it? I got yeah. to that point too before I discovered it. Did you know anything about the safety measures? Like you're saying, like you're kind of aware that you were meant to share sleep with your baby did you know anything about reducing risk at that time no bro I I had nothing to do with the parenting thing 
I had not crazy. My the scene I hung out with was um, I'd go to my mates after work and we'd get stoned and and repeat. We'd play beer pong. We'd we'd drink. We'd smoke. I basically left school at seventeen and then was rowdy for uh, the next thirteen years. And then the day the day we found out that we were pregnant, and I say I'm including AJ in this. The day I peed on that stick and there were two little pink lines, I quit smoking and I quit smoking and I that, that it was that was the transition, you know? And so when I when we had to, we didn't have any parent friends. We didn't have any I wasn't in any parenting groups on on Facebook. Like all my friends revolved around weekends and parties and sessioning, or I worked with them and I wasn't at work anymore. Um, and you don't I had know one, you don't know. Nah, I had one workmate who had a baby around the same time as me. And so, you know, that that sort of brings you together. And I remember going around to her place when our little people were maybe two months old and we were having a cup of tea in the lounge and she said to me, oh, I've just got to go and put, um, I've got to put my son to bed. And so she picks up this little one and she walks into the nursery and he's drowsy but awake and she puts him into the cot, pats his bum and comes back out to the lounge. And I looked at her and I'm like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> she's like, oh, he's, just, he's just going down for a sleep. <laughs> I have one of those friends too. It's true. It's for real life that some babies really do just do that. But, you know, they're actually the exception to the rule, though. Like, I know a lot of babies now, and those ones are definitely, like, the smallest minority, hey? Yeah, they are. But at the time, you feel like that's what a baby should do. And, yeah, and so I didn't it, have, surely. Yeah, I didn't really have a friend that could empathise with what I was going through because it's like, but it's not hard. Like, I just put them down and they went to sleep, right? Like, come on, Em, sort it yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. It's like going to lunch when people could just put their kid in the pram and pull the hood shut, stick a dummy in the kids asleep. I'm like, what kind of magic potion did you deliver there? Like, that's not I, um, how babies do that, do they? I was I was so desperate to get Zig to sleep properly. I even went along to a sleep seminar by like a well-known sleep person here in New Zealand because it was free, right? And um, me and me and the friends whose baby's awesome, and we we went along to this sleep seminar with this well-known New Zealand author. And fuck, it was awful. She said that she said that your body is a mattress, and if a mattress can't do it, then you shouldn't be doing it. Because what are you teaching your child to rely on? You know, can a mattress bum pat your child? No. Then why are you bum patting your child? How will they ever sleep on a mattress if you're teaching them that they need to rely on bum pats? And oh, and, and she said, well, you know, you, you could breastfeed them to sleep, but is that a habit you want to be stuck doing forever? And, oh, baby, and ever. And and then she'd say to parents that, you know, you might be trying some new thing, but if you haven't tried for six weeks and you really haven't given it a good go, and it, it was just, her whole thing was having a super, super strict routine, 
so that the baby knows what to expect because, you know, when you're two months old, you can look at a clock and that your body as um, as a mum wasn't there to provide comfort is what it felt like. Like don't don't rock and don't sway and don't breastfeed and for the love of God, don't bring your child into your bed. And it was so, it, everyone's just nodding like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. And it just made no sense because if your little baby is crying and then you hug them and they stop crying, then obviously that's what you need to do, right? Absolutely. And if, if you're sleeping in the same bed as them and, and you're doing it safely and you're not under the influence of anything and you're breastfeeding and you're waking up with them and you're in that rhythm together, then that's what you do. And there was no one out there saying to do that. Not, not that I found. So you were when you were listening to this and like were these thoughts straight in your mind or do you think at the time you're you swallowed some of the Kool-Aid or did you immediately go hang on a sec this isn't making sense I was so fucking anti I was listening to everything she said like you're just talking bullshit I (laughs) love you I love that see that's the kind of way I was missing that part of the puzzle that's the kind of thing that I would have swallowed whole and taken it on for just another sign that I'd built all these sleep crutches with my child. I would have, well, I did. I went down that track. So I love that about you. You were able to hear that in the thick of it all and call bullshit. That's skillful, lady. Uh, I call call bullshit on it because she didn't know Ziggy and she was not in our house every night and she didn't see what worked and what didn't work. And, And I knew what worked and I knew that all the eat feed sleep in the world wasn't going to work he was just so different to my expectation of what a baby was going to be um we bought a pram because you know that's another thing you buy right you buy a cot you buy a pram we bought a pram I had it all in my head I've been walking to work every day for months I um because when I quit smoking, I had to my workmates um didn't know I was pregnant, but luckily I found out I was pregnant on the 12th of January. And so I kind of like New Year's resolution that, oh, look at me, I'm having a health pick, I've quit smoking, I'm gonna work walk to work every day. Um and and so in my head, once my baby was born, I was gonna continue walking. I was gonna have my latte and my takeaway cup, and I was gonna have my nice active wear and my shoes. I was gonna push my baby in a pram down by the river. I got from my house to the Beta Street shops and Ziggy was screaming. Oh, my God, the kid was screaming. He just did not want a bar of the pram. And I toughed it out. I was like, no, we're here. We're doing this. We're going to walk around the skate park. And he just cried. And he cried the next time I tried. And so I gave the pram away because it, wasn't working it wasn't working did you find a solution that did yeah yeah I was um, I can hear voices there (laughs) uh my my lovely partner's just bringing me love oh how nice is that score (laughs) oh what a legend where's mine (laughs) 
Uh, there have been some courageous conversations happening uh, for all the listeners. We're in our second lockdown here in New Zealand. Um, we've got two young kids and we're both at home. So, yeah. Um, but yeah. back to that, did I find something that worked? Yeah, so I was really fortunate that um, I was living in Hamilton. And Hamilton is a, a decent-sized city in New Zealand. And so there were lots of available parenting things that I started finding out about. Um, we have a Laleche that meets every month. And it was Laleche I went through first because I was having the mastitis and the tongue tie and the breastfeeding issues. And then at Laleche, they said, have you heard of our baby-wearing mate? Um, we've got, um, oh, I just got goosebumps. <laughs> uh, Hamilton had the biggest baby-wearing mate in, in New Zealand run by amazing volunteers. And so I hadn't heard of baby-wearing. I had seen it, like, abstractly. I'd seen, like, some beautiful picture of this lady in this flowy wrap and thought that looks super hippie and woo and I don't know what to do with it. I got given a stretchy wrap when Ziggy was born, like a like a Moby wrap. Um and I just tied myself in knots and gave up. Uh, so, <laughs> but then at, at four months I went along to my first baby wearing mate and I sat right at the back of everyone. Um I was really I was tired um but also quite shy and uncertain. I didn't know anyone there. And so when the meet started, everyone is this big rush to grab like the best carriers and to get the great carriers. And one of the volunteers noticed that I was still sitting there. And she said, no, can I help? And I just burst into tears. Well, my baby won't sleep. She's like, ah, yes, none of our babies sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Did you hug her and go, yay, finally, someone. <laughs> That's why we have a baby-wearing community, my dear. Um, and she, we went to the carrier table and there weren't many left. All the buckle carriers were gone and all the adjustable carriers were gone, but there was a Maydai, which is a fabric carrier that you sort of tie around. And she showed me how to do it. And it was amazing. And and Ziggy was comfortable because he was on me. Um, and so I took it, I took it home and I stood in front of the mirror and I put my baby in the carrier and he fell asleep. And then I walked outside to like my garden with two hands that I could do things with in my garden. I stood there. Ah, freedom. Yeah. Yeah, I have pictures from that day. I have a selfie and I'm smiling and I just felt like I found the secret <laughs> to, to Ziggy, you know? Yeah. That's pretty magical. Now I'm just looking at our time and we're coming up to our 30 minutes for the episode. So I'm wondering, because we haven't even got on to hearing about your second little fellow yet. So would you be well, would you like to come back and have another episode with me? Yeah, I'd love to. I would love to. Amazing. So, well, we might finish off this episode then by hearing your tip that you'd like to share with our listeners. If you could give one tip, what would it be? Oh, my Ziggy tip. My Ziggy tip would be to block out the well-meaning, well-intended advice from anyone who's not in your house at 2 o'clock in the morning and just listen to your 
baby. Just listen to what they're saying and 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 what they're saying might just be crying. <laughs> but if they stop crying when you hug them, do it. But also, if you're pregnant and you're listening to this, have these talks before Bub gets here. Talk talk to your partner about how how to share, how to share that. Um because that's something that Age and I really found quite challenging. We've got better now, um, but have those conversations before you're sleep deprived. <laughs> it can. I think that sounds like really sage advice, Em. So thank you so much for coming along for the episode today, and I'm really looking forward to doing another session with you. Um, and thank you to everybody who's listened along. If you're enjoying the show, if you could drop us a review in show notes, that'd be up oh, in show notes in the listening app that you're on today. And I was going to say in show notes, I'll be sure to be dropping all of Emily's handles so where we can find you do you want to give the listeners a quick rundown where can they find you in uh you can find me mainly on instagram i'm on instagram under officially m uh and i'm also on patreon as officially m through patreon i have a facebook community uh and close friends insta stories um i also have a garden page so if anyone is looking for escape and you don't actually want to watch something that's parenting related the coastal good life it's just gardening, mulching, and having fun in the garden. <laughs> I love it. That's amazing. All right. Well, I'll make sure I get those links off, M, so we can put them in the show notes for everybody listening along. And looking forward to talking to you again very soon, M. Thank you so much. Thank you, Carly. I really hope you enjoyed the podcast today. The information we discussed was just that, information only. It is not specific advice. If you take any action following something you've heard from our show today, it is important to make sure you get professional advice about your unique situation before you proceed, whether that advice be legal, financial, accounting, medical, or any other advice. Please reach out to me if you do have any questions or if there's a topic you'd really like us to be covering. And if you know somebody who'd really benefit from listening to our podcast, please be sure to pass our name along. Also check out our free peer support group, the Beyond Sleep Training Project and our wonderful website, www.littlesparklers.org. If you'd like even more from the show, you can join us as a patron on Patreon and you can find a link for that in our show notes. If listening is not really your jam, we also make sure we put full episode transcripts on our Little Sparklers website for you to also enjoy and fully captioned YouTube videos as well on our Little Sparklers channel. So thanks again for listening today. We really enjoy bringing this podcast to you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.